Good CEOs build and maintain successful companies. Great CEOs build and maintain influential ones. We're connecting with successful business leaders on how to create the impact within your organization that transforms it into one of influence at the CEO Roundtable. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the CEO Roundtable podcast. Today, I'm joined by the CEO of Free Range Studios, Paul Hammond. Paul, thank you for being here. Hey, Tony. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. No, I'm excited, especially just because, you know, the work that you're doing and some of the things that I've come to know about uh, Free Range is that you're doing really amazing things. And I'm just excited to dive into it, learn more about what you do and connect you to the people of our community. So why don't you start by telling us exactly what Free Range is? Yeah, absolutely. So Free Range is a you know full service studio, and we provide branding, web development, creative storytelling services. We do a range of uh, you know a range of things, and we really have a great focus in the social impact space. You know, we work with a lot of nonprofits. We also work with for profits. We work in the education space. We work with NGOs and government organizations who are really looking to you know, branch out and, and, and do good in the community. So it's, it's a lot of fun and, you know, everyone's got their, their own mission and we really help them tell their stories. That's amazing. And one of the things that we had talked about prior was just, you know, it seems that, that your expertise kind of, it does range a little bit in, in terms of how you help your clients, but it, it really does all tie together and you seem to have found a way to connect the dots, right? You know, it, it, yeah, it's really funny. I mean, in today's day and age, everybody needs a digital strategy, even if you're a brick and mortar store. Right. You, you just really need a way for people to find you online, whether it be SEO services, whether you need to have marketing campaigns online, whether you need to you know launch campaigns and get fundraisers going or whatever it is that you and your organization need to do to engage your audiences. You know, that's where the, the digital strategy comes in. And there's, of course, overlap between the digital and the in-person uh, nurturing engagements that you have with, you know, with your audiences. No, and, and even so, as you're saying, you know, with the storytelling piece, you're really humanizing that digital experience, it seems. Yeah, it's so, I mean, it's so important to have a human voice as a brand and to be able to connect with people as a human. People want to connect with people and people connect to stories. And, and so it's so important that your brand has a tone, a personality that connects with with those people in a way that they want to continue to engage and, and get that info. For sure. And, and how did you even get into this? You, you as Paul, how did you get started in this particular field? Yeah, I mean, I've got my own sort of long, windy road of a personal story and how I ended up, uh, you know, working for Free Range first as an employee and and uh, later acquiring the company with with a couple partners and, and really taking over. But uh, certainly the uh, the social work that uh, that free range was doing is uh, you know was a big big appeal to me and uh, so yeah although I did not found free range I'm not the, the free range founder uh, you know I was fortunate enough to be brought in at, a, at an interesting time where uh, the, the the company was transitioning um, between leaders and you know I was able to really come in and and establish a team that you know I, that that worked with me and and built great products for clients and we established you know a great segment of business in this digital strategy space and we were able to really build some great products and and have these ongoing customer relationships where you know we're we're growing we're doing cool things we're getting millions of visits on these calculators we're building that calculate your ecological footprint uh, we're we're doing like really cool things like that that are educational and also tackling some, you know, some of the biggest issues that the world is facing today, and and so be, being able to work with you know big nonprofits like that is, 
it's super cool and, and kind of seeing how they operate and, and being able to support those missions is, uh, you know, is a big part of it. And, um, you know, so kind of going back to the founding of the company, the company was founded by Jonah Sachs and Lewis Fox back in 1999. And, you know, they did a really great job building out both the creative side and the, you know, and the storytelling side. And, and the combination of, of that is what really helped them carve that niche out in, in this nonprofit storytelling space. And, and where did that come from from you? Where did that desire to have make an impact and, and align yourself with a brand like that you know, at a young age where, you know, most most of us uh, in society aren't thinking like that, right? It's, it's what, 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 am, what am I getting out of this and, and not really understanding even the impact that some of those decisions have um, in the greater scheme of things. What for you brought that to your awareness that, that drew you to, you know, the organization in the first place? Yeah, you know, it's we're we're just seeing so many things changing right now in our landscape, and and we're becoming aware of so so many more issues, whether it be you know things that are obvious, such as you know climate change, and we're seeing weather pattern changes across the world, and you know there's so many factors that go into climate change, and so we're working with people tackling this at the broad level, but we're also working with small organizations, you know, tackling this at the local level through, you know, climate action plans and, and uh, you know, other uh, sustainable farming initiatives and, and things like that. So it's just, you, you see the way that all of these different issues interconnect and, and, and really impact the greater good for, for humanity. And had you been a part of organizations where that wasn't, um, you know, uh, they weren't mission forward in that way of creating impact and, and, and really aligning themselves with organizations that are like nonprofits who are giving back. Had you had that experience prior to joining Free Range? You know, this was this was a bit new for me uh, joining Free Range, and it was something that I immediately connected with. You know, I had spent the spent a significant amount of time working with you know a handful of startups and you know the the goal with those startups is is really to you know become profitable to, to to really think about your business model how can we improve our business model and it doesn't have that same you know kind of social mission as a startup and you know natu- naturally that's difficult for startups to have that kind of focus and, unless that's really what they were founded on with those values and those principles and so, you know, being able to really align our culture at Free Range with the goals of, of, of the nonprofits and the social organizations we work with is, is something that's so important. And, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun to just really learn a lot more about these, about these issues and, and to, be, uh, to be really kind of deeply involved with them. Yeah, no, and also from the perspective of, I mean, what a great story that you started off as an employee and now you're, you're running the company, right, in, in a sense. So what was that like when, when you made that decision? Take me through, you know, some of the some of the, the things that were just going on in your head to, to get you to that point where you said, look, this is either an opportunity that was you know, presented to you or that you created. But, you know, take me through that 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 time when you transitioned from be- being an employee to becoming a CEO. Yeah. You know, and so. I'd had enough experience and I'd gone back and I'd gotten my MBA and I've worked in the venture capital space and I'd kind of seen, you know, different business models and and, and different, uh, you know, different cultures and the way things worked well with some businesses and then they didn't work well with other businesses. And so really just being able to kind of navigate within an organization is, is so important. And knowing where your value is and where you provide value is, is so important. And, and so, you know, the, 
the business had been bought by a venture capitalist. Oh, interesting. Uh, from yeah, from uh, the, the original founders uh, back in around 2015, and that was that was when I was originally hired, and so. Uh, so the business was being managed um, sort of by like a third party at this point who, um, you know, just didn't have the the same incentives or motivations to really manage the day-to-day operations of the business. So it, it presented an opportunity for, for myself and my other partners that I was working with to really own these customer relationships and really own these projects that we were working on. And so really at this point, we were, you know, we were we were doing really great work, but we also had another segment of the business that was just being, you know, kind of um, mismanaged in some ways. It wasn't, it just wasn't getting the attention it deserves, put it that way. And so it, it kind of, um, you know, led to, led some cultural degradation. It led to some people leaving the company. I mean, we couldn't afford to pay salaries that Facebook or Google are pay, paying. It's tough to compete in, in the, you know, in that creative and, and, and tech and strategic landscape where, where you're dealing with some of these unicorns um, who can who can afford to pay top talent, right. um, you know. So so we were going through some of these struggles, like staffing struggles and things like that, and and uh, you know the, the, we were scaling back a lot, and and you know the the current owner of the company, you know, he was he was struggling, he was under a lot of debt, um, and so we we basically saw an opportunity to say, hey, we've got these great relationships, we've got these great clients, we love the work that we're doing, let's let's get free range back in a position where it starts to get the attention it deserves. Because, I mean, you know, Jonah and Lewis had done a great job building a brand and, and building a, a reputation for free range that, you know, you know that was well-deserved. And, and we have a great process, right? We've got the team, we've got the skills, the creative, the technical, the strategic. And so that combination of skills that knows how to work together under one process is really where and any agency can provide value as opposed to trying to piecemeal a group of freelancers together, for example. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was it, it was definitely a time of, of struggle. But when there's a time of struggle, there's a, a time of opportunity. And so this was this was what I think was really cool. And this was what, uh, you know, my Babson MBA and, and all of the focus on entrepreneurship entrepreneurship there. And, you know, of course, looking at the books and understanding, is this, you know, an economically good decision to, to acquire a company? And, you know, my partner and I looked at it and we said, you know what, it is. And, and you know, the owner of the company, he, he was on board because he saw that we were motivated. And that's what the company needed. It needed somebody who was motivated to come in and run the operations, produce quality work, and you know get recurring work and 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 continue to get referrals because any service based business whether it's a restaurant or you know a construction company you have to do good work to get referrals and so we know that we're a service company we want to do great work we want to build out our portfolio and we want to exceed our customers expectations so that's you know it, it, that was really our our focus we weren't putting a putting a ton of money into marketing. No, we were just building off of the foundation of clients that we had by doing good work and bringing in more clients and getting referrals. And and really, at the end of the day, we're we're getting to do some cool social stuff too. So that's, you know, that's really the crux of it. Oh, and it's exciting. It's rewarding. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an entrepreneur's dream come true, right? In, in that regard. What is it about the, the, I guess, that cultural aspect of it that changed or maybe even from a business model perspective, since you've been on board that you, you know, had to implement? Like, was it even offering something different to where storytelling wasn't a part of it from the beginning? Or, or did you take that model and keep it the way it is and just make some cultural change? Tell me, tell me about, you know, what style you brought in once it was in your hands now. 
Yeah, it was kind of interesting because immediately after acquiring the business, we got hit by this uh, this pandemic. Yeah, right? right. So I mean, you know, this was this was almost two years ago at this point, right? And and so you know, we 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 were struggling. We lost a couple of contracts that we had closed at the beginning because some nonprofit you know grants or budgets were sure. shifted around. And so right at the beginning, it was it was certainly uh, you know a challenging time to to have acquired a company. Um, but uh, but I knew that, you know, we had a good foundation of talent, right? We had a good foundation of clients. We, we can, you know, just just kind of keep our keep our head down and plug away and, and, and do good work here. Uh, the most important thing, you know, for me is that people love working with us. They, you know, they love being a part of our team. They love being our culture. So, you know, we we shifted. We had an office in, in San Francisco. We had an office in Boston. You know, we shifted to 100% remote work. And... This gives us a lot of flexibility to, you know, hire talent globally. We're not restricted to, you know, <clears throat> geographical location in order to be able to, to find talent. And so, you know, we want to build a culture where we're not just hiring talent to come in and do work for free range and serve our clients and, and that's it. You know, I want to professionally help people develop themselves. I want people to be able to grow within free range. I want, so, you know, that's a big part of our interview process and a big part of our hiring process to make sure that when we're bringing somebody in, that we're not just bringing them in to, you know, help us get where we need to go, but that we can mutually win and that, you know, our our employees can grow, right? They can, t- they can get to where they want to go as well. So if somebody wants to professionally grow and, you know, they can start out as a project manager, but they want to be the VP of client relations, well, let's work together and let's, let's get you there. Absolutely. No, and in, in, in our talks, just as, as friends also that, um, you know, you, you, you're very selective about the brands that you work with and, and the companies that you help and represent. And, and, and one of the things you mentioned, if those values don't align just from a, from, from a financial standpoint where, it could be the revenue could be there. It could be a great opportunity. But again, if it, it goes against your morals, your values, your ethics, um, and, and it's not even like an illegal thing. It's just, a, again, morals and values that not aligning, you're not going to take that, right? Yeah. I can't imagine that it'd be any less selective about the people that you introduce into your into your company, into your family, right? That corporate uh, family that you have. So where did, I want to know where, how, how did that evolve to become, I mean, you're so confident in that. And that's not something that a lot of CEOs that I've come to know, it's, you know, there's a lot of fear based. Hey, I got to answer these people. You know, I, there's, I got revenue, bottom dollars. And sometimes you compromise on those things, but you're not, you're very resolute in that. Where did yeah. that come from? How did you develop that? Where, you know, where, what, where did Paul get his guidance from to, to become this way or to be this way rather? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good question. I, we, you know, we put our values at the front of everything that we do, whether whether it's hiring. It doesn't make sense to hire somebody if their values don't align with with the business. And, sure. and of course, the values of our of our customers are so important to us and align with the work that we do that it would be totally hypocritical if we took work that wasn't aligned with those values. Right. We're not going to we're not going to take work that, you know, is greenwashing an issue over. We're going to you know, we're going to make sure that uh, any any work we take on that that we're transparently understanding the issues and that we're we're taking a deep dive to to learn what our customers' issues are and what they're trying to address. If at any point in that discovery process we learn that th- it doesn't align with our values, you know, we're we've been in a situation where that's happened and and yeah, we've had to essentially cancel the contract and wow. tell the tell the client, even though of course it would have been, you know, a, a profitable project for us. We 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 sometimes do have to turn down projects if they don't align with 
with our core values. I mean, it's noble, right? And, and I'm sure you've had the, to have those conversations with people and say, look, this is more important this way, right? And, and how, how do you feel that um, from, from those listening, right? What kind of advice would you give to you know, young CEOs or seasoned CEOs that, that, that may find themselves in that situation where it seems like you have peace about everything you're doing, right? And you're not stressed out about, you know, aligning with a, a brand that you're getting paid to do something that, you know, goes against that, um, those moral values for you. But for a lot of those CEOs that are out there that, that are running these companies and maybe find themselves in that situation where the stress is getting to them, you know, I don't like what I'm doing. How do you break away from that? What advice would you give to start paving the path towards creating a, a company and a culture that, that, you know, really filters out those things based on a value system that, you know, helps you sleep at night, basically. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you have to take a stand and you have to know what your brand stands for. And that's where, you know, that's where a lot of our storytelling work comes in, because if you don't know your brand values and, and you, you really can't take a stance. And so it is important, especially in today's day and age, that brands do take a stance, especially some of these bigger brands that, you know, have tried to kind of stay out of the political fray, right? And they don't want to get involved. But but you know what? We're we're dealing with some pretty big issues right now. And so brands, unfortunately, or or fortunately, for those that do, you know, step up, they can make a difference. And, and not taking a stance sometimes is taking a stance, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, absolutely. And so take me through what that process looks like. And, and, and I, well, let's take a step back from that. At what point um, are, are companies and organizations calling on, on free range? And, and take me through that process of what that looks like when you step in to help. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, organizations are, um, you know, nonprofits specifically often have, um, you know, a lot of stakeholders, right? And, and they're often doing a lot of uh, very deep academic research and they're organizing partners who they're working with. And some of the bigger ones are issuing grants out to smaller nonprofits who can do some more of the groundwork. And so, you know, we really can come in um, either early on in the process where you're trying to establish a new brand or a new program within an existing brand. You want to launch a campaign. You know, these are the kinds of things where we can help you through the creative and strategic process to identify creative ways that you can you can engage your audiences. So there's certainly a campaigning marketing component of this. There's the development of programs and initiatives. There's uh, the development of uh, products and software, right? And, and other ways that, you know, through calculators or tools or resources or interactive infographics and data visualization and all these creative ways that you can engage people remotely right and, yeah. and and then sometimes we want to have that sort of in-person connection whether it be you know a gala or a fundraiser or you know something like this but that's oh, where so you're actually doing those things too sure we've done a lot of uh, yeah we've done a lot of event uh, yeah. design and uh, and display design we've done museum displays we've done quite a bit of uh, physical work that wow. brings a brand from the digital realm into the real world and it's that it's that user journey it's that connection from when somebody first hears about you and your organization to you know the the the, the last touch point it's those little interactions uh, that you have and that and that your your users or your audience have with you that really really build trust and credibility and and inspire people and you know that's what we want to do we want to inspire people of course no i mean there's nothing better and so when you take that approach and from a strategy standpoint are, are you are you being presented with a blank canvas and saying look we just know what we need we know what, where, where we want to go 
um, but we don't really have an idea of where to get there. Or are you having to really manage expectations based on the fact that people come with preconceived notions of, you know, the how, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so you're kind of having to to paint within or color within the lines that that you've been provided. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it gets you're getting into the creative process a little bit here, which is which is really fun actually. And it, and the creative process can be iterative and it can be ugly, and you got to break things and fix them, and 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 so that's actually one of the the things that really attracts me to this space is is that we we kind of get to do that and we get to challenge assumptions and and uh you know and and we do get to we get to do workshops with with really cool people who bring in different perspectives and you have to create a safe space in order to have unsafe thoughts and so you know that's that's I part love of that, man. Part Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's, but that's part of what we do with the, with our storytelling process and our creative process. We have a very simple four-step process for all of our projects. Understand, explore, create, launch. And the understand, we don't understand, you know, your your industry or your your customer segment the way you do. So we're going to take a deep dive. Right. And we can do workshops, focus groups, surveys, interviews. And, you know, we want to absorb as much information from you as quickly as possible so that we can, you know, we, we can then come up with, uh, you, you know, some, some creative ideas. We can come up with some concepts. And that's where we dive into the explore phase and we start to break things down. And, and then we think big and broad. And then we hone back in with the client and figure out where's that sweet spot. And we hone in on, you know, that, that sort of creative concept and, and we flush it out, whether it be, you know, visual identity or, you know, UX, UI design. And, you know, we want to create that user interface, user experience that that's compelling. And, and, and then once we have a direction, that's where we can start to, you know, break things down into smaller components. We can start to tell the story, build out the information architecture and the user journey and really kind of map out that whole experience the way we want to design it. Right. And doing doing it, the right, doing it in the right order. We're not we're not trying to put the cart before the horse, but we're really trying to think about the user from their perspective and their experience. And so in some cases, that means challenging, you know, organization leaders based on their assumptions. Right. right. And so that's part of what we break down to provide insight. So there's certainly this consulting strategic side of the work that we do up front. And then we bring in, you know, brand branding creatives. We bring in UI UX creatives. We bring in graphic designers. And so we have the we have the skills to kind of bring in the right people when we need them. And of course, you know, after we get through this sort of broad explore process, we dive into the sort of the heads down create. We've got very clear directions. Now it's time to execute and and provide those deliverables that are going to support this editorial calendar or this, you know, this project or this new website or this product. And and we're going to write out all the technical requirements. And so there's that there's definitely a logistics and, and very heavy project management component of, of the you know, of the practical work that we're doing in the create phase. And then, of course, you know, launching and iterating, collecting data, making database decisions, you know, from the analytics that we get on, you know, on a platform and and really just informing our, our future strategy. Right. So it's the creative process is never ending. So we have it's, it's circular. So, you know, it's not there's not a start and a finish. We, we while we have a very linear process to get us from a start to a finish, we got to we got to revisit that process again and and again challenge the assumptions that we made in the first time around so it's 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 ongoing it's never ending for sure and, and how do you two two part question because <clears throat> one is 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 obviously um one of the things i'm sure you're doing is is managing expectations right because anytime someone brings in some someone to help them with a strategy or desired outcome 
there's going to be usually some inflated uh, 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 or wishful thinking, right? That, mm-hmm. that this is just going to produce magical results. And, mm. and so there's that. But then obviously when you get to, to the end of, of an event or, you know, a campaign, something that has a lifeline mm-hmm. that you're having a little bit of, of, of just an analysis, you know, post, yeah. post analysis. What does that look like for you in terms of managing the expectation on the front end, but then also taking a look at what it is that, that's measurable, or, you know, from, from a metrics perspective that can correlate to that expectation. Yeah, it's so important to define success at the front of a project and get aligned on what success looks like. So, you know, if we have a a client whose expectations are unreasonable, it you, we we want to kind of address that at the front of the project, right? We're not going to we're not going to string you along and, and, you know, pretend that we're going to launch a video and overnight it's going to go viral. Right. Uh, I mean, hey, you know, if that can if that can work, great. You know, we're, we're on board and we'll, we'll do our best to do that with you. But, yeah, I mean, we have to be grounded in reality. Um, we we want to think big, but we also need to be grounded in reality. And so, yeah, setting up setting up those expectations up front is really important. But also, you know, creating a roadmap that we reverse engineer from your goals, right? We can know where do you want to be in a year? What what do you what is it that you want to accomplish? Okay. Well, let's see if we can reverse engineer that and let's work together to come up with a plan and a strategy. We can tell you, okay, this is what it's going to take to get there and we can decide if that's an appropriate investment for your organization or not. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that you need to look at on a case by case basis because, you know, everyone's different. For sure, absolutely. So, what's what's the vision? What's the vision for for Free Range Free Range Studios? Um, yeah, tell me. Yeah, thanks so much. I th- I think it's uh, it's really exciting because we're we're sort of at the beginning of the process where now we feel like we we're really you know off and running. We've been we've been operating the business for a few years now, and we're we're doing great work. And it's always a challenge figuring out how quick do we want to grow versus you know really just just staying focused on the work that we're currently doing and and making sure that we continue to maintain that quality. So we continue to want to do really great services, but as we've shifted, you know, to grow beyond just storytelling and creative and to provide these full dev services, you know, we're providing some really cool solutions uh, in the technical realm, uh, you know, things like page builders in in the WordPress marketplace and, uh, you know, plugins that can perform some pretty cool functions. And, uh, you know, we're, we're working with clients to build, uh, you know, LMS learning management systems that can support, uh, you know, uh, educational uh tools for, uh, you know, underprivileged kids and things like that. Wow. So, so we're doing some re- really cool things like that. So, you know, I, I really want to see where that goes. And, uh, the other thing that we're starting to do more of is we're starting to take in more applications to work with the startups. And, you know, so th- that's, that's definitely an opportunity that, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to continue to explore. My partner and I both come from, from the world of venture and uh, so, you know, we're interested in working with founders who are who are really inspired, who have really great ideas and, and they have a clear path on on where they want to go. And, and so that's something that we're continuing to build out as an arm of free range, in addition to continuing to work with all these social mission driven organizations. That's very, very exciting. And, and if people listening want to find out more, how can they find out more about free range? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll share my email. It's uh, paul at freerange.com. Feel free to email me directly, but uh, certainly go to our website and you can fill out a contact form there as well. You can find us at freerange.com. Awesome. Well, you can also find Paul or contact Paul directly through our form on the page below. But Paul, I, I appreciate you coming in, 
you know, sharing what you guys are doing. It seems uh, incredible. It's, it's an honor to, you know, to know you for, for not only from the perspective of what you're doing in social impact, but just uh, the impact you have in the lives of those around you as well, uh, friends, family included. So uh, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me, Tony. This has been fun. 